Second Samuel chapter 8 and verse 15. And David reigned over all Israel, and David executed judgment and justice to the people. Which is what you do. Alright? As a king. Then, in Second Samuel 7, from verse 12. Now, here we're getting to what I want to say here. God came into a covenant with David, and that covenant extends to us today. In fact, this evening, I want to speak on it. Very powerful message about the tabernacle of David. And that covenant, we'll see it, in Hebrews, extends to us today. And we need to understand this covenant. In verse 12 of it, God was telling David this. And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou goest to sleep with thy fathers, which means dies, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom, and he shall build a house for my name. And I will establish his throne of his kingdom forever. And I will be his father, and he shall be my son. And what's the relationship between the father and son as defined here? And we'll see it in Hebrews. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. And thy house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. And thy throne shall be forever. And God gave this covenant to David. In other words, God came into a covenant with the lineage of David and said, let me tell you this. I will take responsibility to be the father here. And it's my son. Now what's going to happen is, if any of your lineage makes a mistake I will not do it the same way I did it to Saul. For the relationship with Saul was as a servant. I kicked him out of the house. I'm telling you, I will not kick them out. But I will correct them. And the way I'm going to correct them is that I will use the rod of men and the stripes of men and chastise them. And he has carried it on to the New Testament. In other words, I won't correct them with sickness. I won't correct them with accidents. I won't correct them with cancer. I will correct them with the rod of men. No bone will be broken, but the men will flog them. In other words, I will stir up something. I'm going to something that is the core of this covenant. I will stir up something. And I've always known this as a person. Anytime anything is stirred up, God is trying to communicate something. Alright? And if you don't make the adjustment that you have had in your heart to what God is doing. Because there is a judgment call. And I'm giving you examples where the judgment of God is different from our own human judgment. Which means according to human judgment, you can argue your case and you are right. But according to the judgment of God, you have missed God totally. And that, listen, if you continue with that trajectory, you end up in Sodom and Gomorrah where you think you have the advantage, but ten years down the line, everything is destroyed. 
And God sees that and says, all right, now I'm going to bring chastisement right upon you. And then men now begin, all right, to use the rod there. And once that starts happening around you, then you should understand that there is something that God is trying to get across to you in terms of his wisdom that you simply do not know. Alright? Which means that, and he wants to teach you that thing so that down the line, that wisdom will be useful to you. So you might actually be sincere, you are honest, but you are actually naive and quite foolish. And if God allows you to get to where you are going with such naivety and innocency, without understanding the complexities of life, you might get to a place where even your good will be evil spoken of and you end up in prison. There are people that have stood up for righteousness and because they stood up, ended up in prison. Alright? So for Joseph also, when he ended up in prison, it was the rods of men. God was flogging Joseph. Say, sir, there is still some foolishness in you. You are going to become prime minister one day. The whole economy of the earth will be in your hands. You must have deeper insight into the nature of man than what you have. You must have the ability to predict more than you have right now. You, you will be actually in charge of everything. And you are telling me, Joseph, and Joseph did not know. How will a guy know that? A young man who lived in his father's house came out, and the madame there, all right? I mean, for you to have ended in the room with the madame alone, it means, oh, God, oh, bong do you understand what I'm saying there? How can you enter with the woman and then they accused you? Are you from Zedia? That means the madam was showing him sign, but this was a good guy. Very trusting. And he was following her. She said, oh, Joseph, and signed to Joseph. Joseph to uh, madam, madam, madam. He didn't know because, you know, let me tell you something. What you won't do to another person, you won't think they will do to you. Until they flog that thing out of you. Do you get what I'm saying here? If you don't lie to people, you become gullible. Do you get what I'm saying? Because when people lie to you, you feel that I won't lie. Alright? And so you believe things. Are you from Zedia? And people can lie to you and you can land yourself in trouble. So God looks at you, listen, if they flogged you in an office and they sacked you, there is something greater, but God wants you to learn the lesson before. Do you get what I'm saying there? It is the chastisement. I want to bring it some there, and we don't see this in the New Covenant. Alright? The pressure comes, and in arrogance, we just push everything away, and we don't go and learn wisdom. And so God must have told him, he said, look, Joseph, Joseph. And Joseph began to understand. Joseph began, alright, to learn certain things. So by the time he got to the throne, those things had, his heart had been circumcised. Uh, those things, alright, alright, had been completely, he, he now understood, alright, the, the nature of evil that was in the world. So he understood that. He understood. Listen, Joseph understood that the same brothers that threw him in the pit did not have any character reformation or change. If they had the same access that they had that time to Joseph where he was, they would still take over from Joseph. So even though Joseph put them in position, Joseph must have structured it in a way they couldn't get to him. He has was saying, my brothers are hugging them. Sense was there. <laughs> are you following what I'm saying? And that kind of sense, the Bible says, it is with a rod you drive foolishness out of a child. They can't teach you that one in church. It is bulala. Do you get what I'm saying here? Men that will whip that one 
out of you. Now, when you get there, instead of getting angry at what they are doing, you go to God and say, God, teach me. Open my eyes. The person who does that, the person who humbles himself, all right, under God and say, it is not even iniquity as in what I did that was wrong, but what I didn't know that I should do. Alright? And when you are frustrated in life, and you are reaching for something and it's eluding you, it means you are void of wisdom. I just gave you an example here. So you can be in an office. Uh, it wasn't the king that sent them on an errand. I've had a friend before who was working in a big ministry. They sent him on an errand. I wanted to tell him that that errand will end your stay in this ministry. But I could not tell him because I remembered in school when I told him of such thing, he took it to report me to the person. You know when you advise somebody. And then they go there to report you. That can you hear what he say? So Bulala hit me. So I learned that you don't talk like that. Are you following me? The day they dealt with him, when he came to meet me and he was crying, literally crying, I looked at him and said, maybe years ago, I should have said some things to you so that it don't be in the context of this one now. Are you following me? So if you are going to enter, so let's see what goes on here, quickly. Now, we're about to get it home here. So that's the covenant that God made and then when we get to the New Testament, oh, I was almost going to say, put it up. All right. Hebrews 11 here, last two verses. All right. Now we talked about, and we keep missing this, the hall of faith, great faith, that all these great men exercised, brought the dead back, did all of this, did all of that. Uh, are you following what I'm saying here? Brought this, brought that. All right. Look. Look, let me tell you this. You will come to a point in life. You know the Gibeonites? They deceived Joshua. Now, and Joshua, the Bible says, did not take counsel from God. He just took the decision. Because of that, they entered into a covenant with Israel and they were by them. The kings in anger, sorry, the princes, came to meet Joshua and said, ah, they lied to us, they lied to us. These guys deceived us. Because they actually wore garments like it was old. They brought bread and gave the appearance. This was real deception. And you'll meet with things like that. Now, I'm telling you, I am telling you, if you don't lie to people, it is difficult for you to believe people are lying. If you don't cheat, it is difficult to believe. You get too trusting. If you are too, you have to know the balance between suspicion and discernment. Because you can cross over to the place where you are now a suspicious human being. Everybody you see, you are just suspicious. You understand what I'm saying here? You've lost your balance. You have gone to one extreme. And that means that God did not teach you. Because when God teaches you, he shows you the pattern in a deceptive person. So that you discern it. He goes back and tells you, didn't you see this, 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 this? That is how you know deception. So next time, if somebody comes and doesn't do that, 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 you don't suspect the person. Are, are you following what I'm saying here? Alright? So, so they, they say, do you, I'm just saying that, they didn't consult God. 
Do you know they entered into it? They said, let's break the relationship. He said, a judgment will come upon us. He told Joshua to them, he said, we have made commitment. We can't retract it. Judgment will come upon us from heaven. For the agreement we have made stands before God. Do you know that almost 200 years later, when Saul became king, when David got to the throne, there was no rain for three years. David went to meet God. Why is rain not falling? He said, it is because of Saul. He said, what did Saul do? He said, do you know the agreement that Joshua had with the Gibeonites? He said, yes. He said, that bloody man Saul broke the agreement. And the Gibeonites said, there will be no rain. It is the words of the Gibeonites. I'm trying to tell you that if you make a mistake, you can make a mistake for a very long time. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let me tell you. People can say, who, 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 who. That's your problem. If you are in leadership and you make a wrong judgment call on leadership and appoint the wrong person, the pain will stay with you for a while when the person begins to misbehave. And it can last for years. So don't do what is right in your eyes. Do what is right in the eyes of God. Now, when you go through that pain, next time you want to make any decision, you will go and pray. Then you will see the scripture that you didn't see before. And Jesus tarried all night in prayer. Then he came down in the morning and appointed 12. Even Jesus prayed all night to make appointment. When they, you hire and they steal your money and steal your clients, don't blame the person. Go to God. What did I miss? Do you understand what I'm saying? You come to understand, all right, certain things that he teaches you. Now, so in Hebrews 11, now I'll show you what happened. Verse 39, and all these things, I have just seven minutes, all right, all this, all this, they obtain a good report through faith, receive now the promise, God haven't provided something better for us that they without us, Oh, okay, you have it here. Should not be made perfect. Alright, so it says all these great men, they, they, they could not be made perfect. The next verse, you know, there's no chapter and verse. So, he talked about all the great men. Do you see what I'm saying there? Abraham, all of them. He now said, Wherefore, seeing that we are compared so great a cloud of witnesses, which is like, it's a stadium, he's saying, and you have all these men in the stadium, and they're about to watch us run our own race. And a race is a race. Which means there's, there's what it means to win the race. If I say it's a race, we'll say what type of race? 400 meters. It's a race. Alright? So what race are we in? Which means what is our own faith all about? What is the real core of our faith? It says, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us and let us run with patience this race that is set before us. What is the race? Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, which means you are going to endure something. Despise the shame. That race will have some element of shame. And is set on the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be wearied and faint in your mind. Verse 4. Have you not resisted unto blood striving against sin? Verse 5. 
Have you forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children, my son? Despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. He says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. He says, If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you after that as sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? He says, But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. He says, Furthermore, we've had our fathers in the flesh who corrected us and we gave reverence. Shall we not much more be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? Verse 10. For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for a profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Verse 11. No chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward he yielded the peaceful food of righteousness unto them that were exercised thereby. Verse 12. He says, Wherefore lift up your hands which hang down and feeble knees. In other words, he says you might be going through the chastening of God and you get to a point where you, your hands come down and your feebleness, you stop praying and it's because of the chastisement of God that is grievous. So what's going on? You got into a situation and you are now going through the contradiction and all of that. It says make straight paths for your feet. Let lame foot be healed rather than being torn out of the way. Then you come to recognize that this is the great race they are watching. What is that race? How we respond to God's chastisement. That's what all of them are watching. You get into that point, how do you respond? Do you be in subjection unto the Father of Spirits? I've told you it's not about who is right or who is wrong. Right? David's spirit was provoked. The Bible says he spoke unadvisedly with his lips when he faced contradiction. And that was it. It went ill with him. So you don't want to react, all right, and, and, and unadvisedly. Put verse 32, all right, and then you go. That's when the lame foot turns out of it. They angered him. Waters of strife. So you come into a place of strife. So that he went ill with Moses for his sake. Abraham got to that place of strife and went to God and said, God, what's this strife all about? What's going on here? You get to that particular place, you go to God and say, and God says, I will teach you something that will bring about peace. If your ways please me, even your enemies will be at peace with you. You will have even people around you. decision that you are going to make will bring about peace. All right? Now, but to ignore the voice there. Now, 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 we are not responding to what they are saying. That, that's not what we are doing. That's to lose your throne. We are not doing what they are saying. We are saying that once a voice is raised up and there is a chatter, and this thing happens to do with the church, never in the history of the church has there been a chatter that we are having now. It is because the church in this country is missing something. It is not the people who are chattering that know what it is. God just allowed that thing to be raised up to get the attention of people to go to God and say, what is causing this agitation? A friend of mine is in America, sent me something. He's a Nigerian pastor. He said, he said, he said, we have been 35 years in this movement. He said, if we will be honest with ourselves, the average Christian on the earth, the promises he received in the 80s, he hasn't seen them fulfilled. That, that there is something about an adjustment to a doctrine we have to do. There is something that we have to adjust. It's not, look, the people doing the chatter don't know what they are talking about. It's just that there is that. You are the one now, but to ignore that is to harden your heart. When you go to God in prayer, are you following me? So, let me just tell you this. You see, this life is deeper than what you are arguing about. Say they didn't make me assistant manager. Uh, you are causing trouble in the office. 
Are you from there? I mean, recently there was chatter again in the body of Christ. I went to meet God. God told me, he said, look. He said, look, number one. He said, read the scriptures. I had not seen it before. He said, there's no way you have a community of people that get together. I don't put judges. He said, you have to have a system of judgment inside what you do. And when he showed me, I was telling them in first service, then I remembered. Twelve years ago, twelve, one day we were having a workers' meeting. Twelve years ago, we were small then. And I was talking, and we were doing like town hall, and one lady got up. She said, Pastor, I said what? She said now, and she, she's mature, so she coded it, because her head of department was there. She said, you know, some departments, they have problems, and the, the head of department does this, and and people get offended. And isn't there any system where we can report if we're offended? Say, because what is going on is that they technically think you also are backing that decision and they leave church. And I just let it drop. All right, but if you are non responsive to the environment, then you continue until you hit your head. And please let me tell you this marriage is where Bulala is close. Because all errors show. And those of you that say, this bulala, this rod is too much. I want to leave. I've told you. All right. It's not fiscal injury I'm talking about. I'm not talking about fiscal rod now. Right? You say there is crisis. I told them for service. You can leave the woman. Go and look for another woman. Since it is God doing chastisement. After you marry this beautiful new sweet Holy Ghost filled sister the Bulala shall come this time around you will understand when they say you jump from fry pan to fire because this one's rod will tell you look Oga I'm not like Sisi Sisi Tarao I will deal with you my own you will be dead listen I go key you. You'll be be sleeping like this. Then you'll be thinking about the one you left. God. 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 What have I done here? Say, you can't leave me. You can't leave me. We're in this thing together. You cannot leave me. We are together. As you are hearing those words, the only thing that will be coming to you is immigration to Canada. (laughs) This is the only way of escape. All right? Because you can't leave me. If you leave me, that's your office is where I'm coming to. All your secrets that I know, your secrets, I will scatter you. You think you have just seen anything on Twitter? You will see. I will begin to tweet everything. Ah! 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 Then you will know that God fasting. You will shrink like this. Wisdom, Lord. Wisdom, Lord. All we'll be hearing at two years is wisdom, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. And by the power of your spirit, I ask that you establish us in this truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.